You're listening to the Glass City Church Podcast. Hi, and welcome to the Glass City Church Podcast. This is intern Justin Shirley here with, you You think I'm going to say Pastor Jeff or Jeff Lavalette, but I'm actually not going to say Jeff Lavalette. It's actually Daniel Lashbrook. How's it going? Who is deacon and... Uh, what else? What else are you good at? Um, LPN in Lipton of uh, nursing. I, I don't think that's how that's said. I think Justin. that's how it's said. Um, I mean, we'll go with it for the sake of yeah, going yeah. with it. So, um, so you may be wondering, okay, why is Jeff not on the podcast? Well, uh, Jeff is uh, not on the podcast because we wanted to highlight some of the things that we think the Lord that we don't think we wanted to highlight some of the things that we know the Lord is doing. Um, in uh, some of the members of our church, and one of those members being Daniel. Um, Daniel uh, is actually going to be undertaking a um, a pretty big jump into the uh, mission field here in the next few months and into the next upcoming potential year. Um, and we wanted to talk about that and uh, really just see what God's doing. Um, so within that, um, <clears throat> Daniel, uh, it, why, why don't you tell us uh really what the goal of the mission work that you tend to do is um where you're going and uh what you're going to be doing when you get there sure yeah so my wife uh jessica and i um the plan right now is uh that we will be going to haiti um and really the the goal while we're there is a couple different things obviously the first and foremost is uh you know being obedient to what god god calls us to do um in the in in the sense of being ministers of reconciliation like he men- like he mentions in uh second corinthians yeah um so first and foremost you know discipleship being involved and intentional with uh with the lives that god surrounds us with um being a part of the community um being a part of the local church and really just doing life um is a big part of it uh, we also feel like God is leading us to uh, focus in on uh, community health and development. Uh, so healthcare is one of the big gaps that exists in Haiti at the moment. Um, there's just a lot of need uh, in that area, and we want to help in that area. It is an immediate need that needs some focus on. So um, we feel like that's going to be an area that that God is leading us in. Also, uh, within community development is, uh, you know, opportunities for, um, you know, economic growth and yeah. development. And so uh, bringing the community together, bringing local businesses together um, to work together to improve the community, you know, from their perspective of yeah. what needs to be done and really just – kind of being facilitators, I guess. Yeah. Um, and helping where we need to help and giving ideas where we need to. Um, but really our what we really want to do is just instigate some conversation between each other, you know, between the locals. Um and then just like I said, be a be a source of um you know, encouragement and and truth. Yeah. Now and and this isn't your first time going to Haiti. Oh, no, no, no. My family moved um, to Haiti. When I say my family, my parents and my sibling, 
Um, we all moved to Haiti back in 97, so I was just about to turn eight at the time, and I lived there for uh, going on 14 years. Wow. Um, growing up. So I, I'm more or less, I spent most of my, you know, a lot of my uh, youth, well, all yeah. my youth and a lot of, like, early adulthood um, there on the mission field, as it's called, um, you know. And so Haiti is more considered my home than the United States is at this point, even though I'm, you know, still an American citizen and everything. Uh, most of my experience is there. Yeah, so, I mean, because you, you speak fluent creole right i do yeah yeah can you give us a little sample <laughs> could i could you translate something for me uh go ahead what'd you say i said it might be a little difficult but i'll try hey that's good enough <laughs> um but no i mean that's that's cool um so was english your first language yeah or? english was my first language okay. um but having gone there at such a young age um i was proficient in creole within the first three months i would say wow um because my you know they always say like the best way to learn a language is immersion right well i was immersed i was you know seven years old running in the mountains throwing rocks at lizards with a whole bunch of boys so um i had to learn the language if i wanted to communicate with anybody so it was easier obviously as a kid they always say that you know it's better to learn a language young but um (laughs) Yeah, Man. and just and just for the record, no lizards were harmed in the making of this podcast. No, they so were we harmed can, before. They were harmed before, um, but Daniel has since repented of that, right, Daniel? I mean, we put them to use. <laughs> no, no lizard meat was wasted. There you go. <laughs> I'll there just go. go with that. There you go. Um, okay, well, we'll talk to us a little bit more about uh, what the Lord has done to to really get you to this point. Um, I mean, I know there's. Uh, you have you have a wife, and mm-hmm. you also have a, a baby on the way. Yeah, our first, um, which is an incredible oh yeah blessing. <laughs> um, and so, talk to me about that. What has the Lord done uh, to get you uh, to this point of, of saying, "Hey, like we're going to Haiti. This is the stuff that we want to do." Yeah, talk to me about that. Yeah, so God has been developing, um, you know, my perspectives. Um, you know, my views on things, obviously, I mean, since childhood, um, having lived in Haiti and being a part of my family's ministry and having a lot of different responsibilities, getting kind of a an inside look at, um, you know, the effects of the way a lot of ministry is done, um, you know, God has used that to shape the direction that we want to go in uh, with the way that we want to do ministry with having, you know, being very intentional and being very long-term, you know, minded, not being so short-term oriented as in like just immediate relief all the time. Um, So God's definitely developed that. And that comes from, you know, seeing ministries come and go and seeing the effects that it's had on locals who have been dependent on certain ministries uh, for a period of their life and then when those things cease to exist or those opportunities disappear for whatever reason, uh, it leaves people in despair almost because now they have nothing to provide for themselves with. Yeah. Um, so, so talk to me about that. Explain that to me. So what does that look like? Uh, I guess the uh, a good way to maybe give it as an example that you know a lot of people might have already realized, which a lot of people are starting to realize, uh, 
so the United States started, you know, dumping rice into the country a while back as a way of like helping them. And also, uh, I know it's good for our markets here um, to not have a whole bunch of extra. And so they did. Well, when we started giving rice there, obviously it was very affordable and cheap for people to buy. However, the local farmers can't compete with the prices that you know that you could get the u.s rice for and so yeah, you can't really compete you, with you can't free. compete with free yeah um you know in haiti at at one point you know rice they they were sustainable in rice production you know i was talking you know my friends there would always tell me like oh when we were growing up rice was like you know now we eat rice seven times a day but we used to eat it a couple times a, you know a week yeah. And it wasn't like this crazy thing, but now it's just everywhere. And the thing is with the farmers, they've they stopped growing rice because again, you can't compete with free and they weren't making money to uh, you know be able to afford to continue with the farming. So now what you've done is you've created a basically a dependency where now they're dependent on us for that rice. If we stopped giving it if we pull out or it just isn't available anymore, uh, they don't have anything to replace it because no yeah. one's growing rice anymore. And so that's that's a big Leave example. A famine, essentially. Essentially, on your hands. you're you're causing you know just this. Again, I've seen it, it happen in ministries before, but it's like you're just you're basically setting up dominoes to be knocked over. Is what you're doing yeah. by it, and so it's a dangerous thing, and it's it's a little short sighted because. You know, relief is meant to be exactly that. It's meant to be relief. Um, eventually, you have to get out of relief and get into development. Yeah. And that's what we want to focus on um, mostly is the development side of things. Yeah. And and so how is so – you've been there, I mean, I mean, numerous times. You've lived there for 14 years yeah. plus years. Um, how is a – um, let's say a mission uh, team or like a, let's say a church was on a mission trip. How was that received in Haiti from the locals? Um, so I know there's some things that are very clearly seen, um, but um, maybe in the grand, the bigger picture, but take it down to like the, the, like the little tiny, like small picture. How was, how was a typical ministry team received in Haiti, is there a lot of hostility towards towards Christianity? Is it is there welcoming because there's sure. um, potential for for benefits of that, yeah. or what does it look like? Yeah, so it's normally received well. <laughs> um, there's not a lot of hostility. I mean, you know, with voodoo being really prevalent, like I, in the past, like we have definitely had encounters. <laughs> With, uh, you know, different groups of people who are definitely oppositional to, you know, the advancement of the gospel. Um, But for the most part, um, people are very well received. And a lot of it does have to do with um, it's we've basically taught them that when we come, we have something to give them. Yeah. Um, And so it's really difficult because I don't want to, you know. I don't want to lessen or um, make it seem like that's all they care about because the people there are genuinely loving people. I mean, very receptive. They would, you know, for being what we call poor um, or needy, you know, destitute, whatever, um, they're very giving. 
Yeah. You know, they will invite you into their home, whatever water, little bit of water that they have, they will give, you know, they'll give you whatever they have. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, they're very generous people, even in, in their, you know, so-called poverty. Um, but as missions is concerned, um, you know, there's a, there's a little bit of, and I might get in trouble for saying this, uh, we've created this environment where the gospel is attached to something else. Yeah. Like we've attached it to something else where it's like, oh, we're going to, we're doing this, we're doing this, we're doing this. And, you know, Jesus loves you. Do you want to be saved? And so people have, and I've experienced this firsthand where people would literally come up to me just out of the blue in the street and said like, oh, I want to receive Jesus. You know, can you give me $5? Mm. And so yeah. like they, they know they've kind of learned that like if they use certain, you know, Vinac- I mean, even yeah, Christianese, they, if they I use mean. like a Christianese and they express a, like an interest in, in Christianity or religion, that they would get something in return. Yeah. And so it's a really dangerous, like, a line to toe. Um, I bet. But, you know, and that's just, and that's, and like I said, I, that's it, me having experienced that, just people coming out of the blue, you know, just random houses coming in, just, you know, telling me one thing and then wanting something else. We kind of use this uh, phrase, you know, Jesus loves you, Jesus loves me, give me your watch. Is kind of what we've turned it into. Yeah. So... Yeah, no, I mean, that's, I mean, I didn't, I mean, we didn't, I didn't know that that was a, I mean, it makes sense. I mean, it does, um, because I know that you, you said that we pumped thousands and thousands. I mean, I don't know how much we pumped into money wise, financially into, (laughs) into, (coughs) excuse me, um, into, into Haiti and, um, no, that's really eye opening. So. Uh, okay, well, talk to me about <clears throat> some of the of the challenges that uh, in the, in the past few months that maybe you've had any fears or any um, uh, potential things that have been a difficult uh, um, let's say wading through those waters sure. to get uh, you prepared for this work. Uh, I think there's a couple challenges. Um, one with having a new baby on the way, you know, due in August, obviously the timing for us is something that we've been trying to work out. You know, when is the right time to go? Because when we go, um, you know, it's, we, we're moving there. Um, and so figuring out timing has been an issue because we don't want to be just like always ready yeah. You know, eventually like the time comes when it's time to it's time to act. You yeah. know, the, um there's a willingness to be obedient and then there's there's walking out your obedience. Um and so discerning that and trying to see how that comes into play um has been a little challenging. And then there's also, to be honest with you, you know, there's there's a, always this little bit of pride that I have to combat personally of like oh, they need me to get there. Like, they need me <laughs> to to give them what I have to offer, Yeah. Um, which is just wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, like, it's just it's wrong thinking in that way. It's because, you know, it's not me. Yeah. It's nothing that I'm going to do or say. You know, it's it's God that's going to do the work. And 
if he decides to use me in whatever way he decides to use me in, you know, my part in it is is to be obedient. And so every once in a while, you know, it's it's getting the surge of like, oh, I have to do something. I have to do something. Yeah. Um, and trying to take control and manage like the time in my own power. Um, and so I think for me right now, that's kind of like the biggest struggle is, you know, I want to get back so quickly and so badly so I can start doing things. But God is still doing a lot right now to kind of prepare what needs to be prepared. Um, so just patience, you know, like yeah. being like being willing and ready, but also discerning. Yeah, no. And I bet. I mean, so, I mean, is Jessica on the I mean, because you and Jessica, I mean, mm-hmm. does she have some of the same concerns or, or not even concerns? But I mean, has her. uh um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, her uh, challenges has she gone into any specific challenges? I mean, as being uh, a soon to be mother. Yeah. Um, talk to me about that. Yeah, you, I mean, it's different. F- it's it's a little bit different for the two of us because I grew up. You know, I grew up in that lifestyle. She didn't. Yeah. You know, I met her in Haiti, and she did spend time over there. Um, you know, she interned with my parents' ministry for a year at the time and that's how we met and so she has experience in it for sure um but it's a little different you know for women uh i mean at least in my experience uh well for me anyway i'll just i'll just speak for me i'm not gonna speak for all women because i that's a dangerous place to be operating in (laughs) um so the challenges that jessica's had is you know, I guess the big one right now is the baby coming, right? Yeah. Like that's what her mind is on. She is physically changing. This baby is growing inside of her. Um, she is she is focusing on August third, which is the due date for yeah. the baby. Like that's that's kind of where her mind stops. She's she's ready to move to Haiti too. You know, she's totally down for it. We sold our house, so there's not really much going back. You know, yeah. um, and changing our mind at this point. Um, so it's not that she's not fully on board. She absolutely is. Um, but this baby being born is, you know, it's taken up a lot of her attention, <laughs> you know, I mean, rightfully so. Um, and then I guess, you know, other challenges is just dealing with a little bit of a lack of understanding. And this is for both of us a little more for her because I'm, like I said, I'm used to that kind of lifestyle like that is going to be required for there. But with her side of the family and just different people that we know kind of like challenging the decisions that we've made, you know, like, Oh, we're going to take a newborn baby to a country like Haiti, you know? And I, I keep telling people, I'm like, yeah, you, you know, babies do grow up there. Yeah. Like, (laughs) you know, they like, yeah, like people do grow up and and do get older there. It's not like, you know, all babies just die because they're in Haiti. Like it's not that way. Um, I, so I know that's a challenge that we both have is just dealing and having to like constantly kind of be challenged and and having to explain it to you know family and friends and different yeah. things. So yeah, so so those are the challenges. What are, what are some unique joys in this season that you've uh, got to experience? So I mean, to be honest with you, um, unique joys, man. So this baby uh, that is about to be born, 
like and it is a part of this experience very yeah. deeply for Absolutely. us. Um because you know we we had a couple miscarriages a few years back and we had a house that when we bought it um we bought it for a reason, you know, we got it, we have a very good deal on it so we bought it as an investment. Um but we started to attach some expectations to this house of like this is where we're going to have, you know, our first kid or two. And we can, you know, let them have a year or two, you know, in a home environment and then we'd sell it and it would help propel us. Um, and then we had like, you know, a couple miscarriages and things were just kind of not happening. And yeah. it was just kind of got to this moment where it was like, you know, it really came down to where were we drawing the line of obedience? Because we still felt like God was calling us to Haiti, but then it was also like we wanted to have kids. Yeah. And so it took some like really difficult conversations for us to decide like okay what are the things that are holding us back and i know this is long but i'm getting to the joys um you know and so we start looking at like well in hebrews it talks about like shedding the weights and the sins that that kind of weigh you down so you can so you can run the race you know so that you can do the things that god has called you to do and we started to question, you know, what are the things that are weighing us down? What are the things right now that are keeping us from basically being obedient to what yeah. we feel like God has called us to do? Because, you know, I work, she works, we pay bills, <coughs> you know, we have a house, but we just felt like something was missing. And when we started looking like, okay, you know, maybe it's time that we sell our house, then it was like, well, why do we have issue with it? Well, you know, we wanted to have kids there. Um so once we got past that and we kind of erased that line that we had drawn, right? Like yeah. for, you know, without even realizing it, we put a line in the sand and we were basically telling God, until you meet this like requirement of ours, you know, we're, we're not going to be obedient essentially. Yeah. Um, and once we kind of erased that line and we said, okay, you know, God, you know, our prayer basically became like, if and when you decide to give us kids, you know, we want to be found already being obedient. Yeah. And, uh, and so we we talked about it. We decided to put our house up for sale. Um, a week after we put the house up for sale, um, we got an offer for asking price, which was an answer to prayer. Because when we put it up, we said, "God, you know, you you're in charge of when this sells. If it sits for six months, it six it sits for six months. If it yeah. sells the next day, you know, we're going to put it in your hands." And um, and so it was just an answer to prayer. You know, God, it was a clear sign to us. You know, it was the right time. Uh, so we accepted the offer. Um, and then two weeks after that, we found out that Jessica was pregnant. Yeah. <laughs> and so it was just another confirmation. You know, it, a lot of people, they, when they hear it, they're like, oh my gosh, like, what are you going to do now? Yeah. And for me, I'm like, this is an answer. Like, this is a confirmation for us. Yeah. Cause we, our prayer was that, you know, if God decided to give us children, that we would be found in obedience. Yeah. And to me, it was just that confirmation of like, you know. You're being obedient. This is what I have for you at the moment. Even though it doesn't make sense, you know, it's not the way I would plan it. Yeah. Uh, you know, God has a sense of humor that way, I feel like. Um, but it's it's definitely been this unique joy of, like, you know, God being faithful to the desire, like, to give us the desires of our heart because we both wanted kids. Um, but also, like, being faithful and, like, leading us yeah. and, you know, showing us kind of, like, where he wants to take us. And then since then, he's just constantly, you know, reshaping and kind of just challenging our views and our understanding of how we think things are going to be done. Um, you know, and it's 
it's a little rough at first when like you butt heads with God when you're like, oh, wait a minute, I was going to do it this way. Uh, yeah. And then God's like, yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's there's a lot of joy in it too, you know, like um, when God basically just kind of like answers your prayers, you know, that's really where the, the joy has been for yeah. for both of us. So be able to see that and be a part of that. Yeah, be... you know, and then it also builds excitement because it's like when you see – you know, you look back and you see everything that God has done and it just builds up this anticipation and like, you know, this, we have a secure hope Yeah. because God doesn't change, right? He is our secure anchor that we can like cling to and that we have hope in because of who he is. And so it encourages us and kind of propels us forward, you know, yeah. to be excited about what he's going to do, to be excited the fact that he can do it in spite of us <laughs> a lot of times that's how he operates anyways um so yeah it's it's a good place to be uh if you're humble enough for it <laughs> if you don't mind being wrong so. yeah so i mean praise god man that's that's encouraging to hear you, you even say that um um because i mean the bible is littered with <clears throat> just uh commands to to remember and to recall and mm-hmm. to meditate and to to encourage others to encourage one another mm-hmm. um that we need to remember the deeds of the lord and that's yeah. not only the the big things like the <clears throat> uh moses and you you, you right. get all your biblical characters sure. um from your old bible stories uh and sunday school um but those are also the God's faithfulness in saving you and faithfulness yeah. in saving Jessica. And, um, I mean, it's just so cool. It's just so cool to hear that. Um, so, so talk to me about, um, a little bit more of, uh, your, your prior experience is with, with mission work. Um, you mentioned not to backtrack, but I think it's, it's an, uh, thing that's um at least for me i I would want to know a little more about um but your experiences with with voodoo um in haiti um i know it's kind of a uh not cliche taboo there you go another boo word Mm -hmm. um an ooh word voodoo taboo um but talk to me about that uh if you would if you had any notable experiences uh within uh, that space, you know, I, I've, I got that kind of question, especially a lot, like when I was living there and like we had yeah. groups come in and everyone was always interested in that. And I'm always hesitant, right? Because I'm not trying to like glorify, you know, or like, yeah. you know, we, Hollywood does a good enough job at making, you know, witchcraft and, and, you know, spiritual warfare like entertainment yeah um, making it cool yeah you know like they do a good enough job at that i don't need to contribute to it absolutely and so what i will say in regards to that is um have i had experiences that are um unique and interesting absolutely um the thing to remember is that like the bible tells us uh and we read all over the place where there is there is is a war for the hearts of men yeah. happening, you know, and there is intense spiritual warfare happening. 
Um, and in Haiti, in a place, in places like Haiti, where you know voodoo is so prevalent and that kind of thing is just like intertwined with their history and their culture, uh, there's no reason to hide it, right? It's very much in your face, yeah, and so it's very abrupt. Whereas here in the United States, um, it's more hidden, yeah, and you know it's more kind of just like camouflaged in are you know the hollywood industry like i said like in movies you know they kind of make it like entertainment um you know not realizing kind of some of the things that they're messing with and so like it's a little more camouflaged here um so i'll just say that you know there's spiritual warfare happening and as christians you know we have to stand in confidence that like we serve a greater god Right. Like we serve the true God. Yeah. And, you know, he is he's powerful, more powerful than anything that the enemy has to offer. Um, and so I'm I'm not really going to go into detailed stories about experiences with it just because I feel like it takes away from what's really important. And that's the fact that, like, you know, I, I would Jesus much rather. Yeah, I would much rather talk about like unique experience or like crazy things that I've saw God that I've seen God do well, <laughs> like mean, in we 80. Can, we could talk about that too if you'd like. Um, um, yeah. I mean, well, yeah, if we talk about unique things that God has seen, you know, I, I, I do believe that, um, God still works in power. I believe that every, um, heart that is changed is in itself a miracle. The fact yeah. that like that could not have happened without God. And we just talked about that in the, in the last podcast. Um, but yeah, no, sorry. Continue. No, you're good. Um, and so, I mean, just seeing, you know, God work in people's lives is like in no way a, a small feat, right? Like yeah. that is a miracle. And I think sometimes we are so desensitized to it. It's like, oh, okay, another person say, but it's like, no, you if you realize and really think about like, the the cost of that right like the alternative to salvation is eternal damnation and like yep. the suffering that that entails and so i don't want to downplay that at all um but you know and then you have the occasional um i i do believe that i serve a god who can heal um yeah. do i think that that's how you know people that it's normally happens i think we have doctors we have medicine i'm a nurse I see people, you know, healed that way all the time. Um, But I do believe that God can still heal miraculously. And I've seen um, firsthand, uh, you know, one of the young boys at an orphanage that my parents were working with um, fell from a second floor, a second story roof. Our roofs are flat and, you know, you actually use them. um, Yeah. Like they enclose different things there. So it's functional. Um, they They were up on the roof running around. He fell off, landed on his elbow, like basically dug into his rib cage and shifted all of his insides, essentially. Yeah. Um, and so then, as my, like, we're all standing around, my, you know, I was a kid at the time. <clears throat> yeah. uh, I think I was maybe nine or 10. Geez. Um, oh. But I remember it. And my dad scooped this boy up off the ground and just started praying, you know, praying for him. Yeah. You know, we're sitting there basically thinking we're going to watch this kid die. Um, and as my dad is praying, uh, you see this boy's basically his internal organs shift Hmm. back into place. Uh, and about five minutes later, this kid is up walking around like nothing had happened. And it's just, you know, and there's several occasions where, 
like God has intervened for yeah. whatever reason he decides to. I think that he can intervene in any situation he wants. Why he chooses to do things in certain, you know, certain times and not others, not like I've I've learned to accept that I can't understand it. Yeah. Right. Like I'm limited to like I'm limited to what I can see and understand in the moment. And God is is all knowing like he knows what he's doing. Um, And so does everything happen the way that I want it to? No. Yeah. But I'm not God. So um, I have to accept that. So, yeah, I mean, just things like that where you see God do things. And again, like what we're talking about, how the Bible calls on us to recall the things that we've, you know, like those experiences where God has answered our prayers and God yeah. has done things and he saved us and he done, you know, every like the fact that he sent his son to die for us, yeah. even though we didn't deserve it at all or do anything to earn it, um, you know, we're called to look back on those and those things help us in our walk as we move forward that we can be confident and that we can be assured and uh, you know as the song says stand on the promises of God you know it's yeah. it's true but <clears throat> yeah so so talk to us uh, a little bit about um, how the the mission is being supported and funded um, <clears throat> were there any uh, uh, believers, fellow believers that have helped you, uh, along this, this path and this journey. And, and, and if we did feel, uh, a, a pull, um, to do that, how, how we could do that to help support, uh, the mission, the mission, whether it be, um, prayer or finances, what yeah. would that look like? Um, so support right now, we, we have had, we have had, um, a lot of support from our uh, our fellow church members. Like, our, you know, our church family is amazing here. Um, you know, when we sold our house, before we sold our house, you know, we had some good friends of ours who are, uh, who are church members here at Glass City uh, basically opened up their home to us and wow. told us, you know, this, like, we feel like we want to help you be obedient to what God has called you to do and, you know, we want to open our home for you guys to come and live with us for as long as you need to, um, so that you can focus on, you know, putting your resources towards what God is calling you to. So, I mean, obviously huge blessing. Um, a lot of, you know, there has been some people who decided to give financially. We, uh, we're just now kind of getting into, um, paying it, like giving a little more attention to fundraising. Um, and, we're not a hundred percent sure what that what that's going to look like. Yeah, um, I'm still working full time as a nurse, and I plan to work full time up until we move. Um, and even when we move, uh, you know, I'm still I'm going to be looking actually for employment down there, which okay. uh, seems a little different maybe to some people. But to me, I don't see hate like moving to Haiti as anything extreme, right? I see it as like yeah, moving I'm back home, moving back home. Yeah, um, essentially. And so just. You know, so can people donate financially? Yes. Uh, we have a, a partnership with the Northwest Ohio Baptist Association here in, in Toledo. Um, and so right now, giving goes through them. Yeah. Um, we are in the works of setting up a website, which I hope to have up and running here in the next couple months. Absolutely. Which would be restorationhaiti.org. Yeah. Um, and Restoration Haiti is the name of the ministry that we are looking to start and that we've been in the process of establishing. Um, 
you know, uh, but really right now, man, I think the biggest way people can be helping, and I know a lot of people always say this, but really prayers, um, you know, prayers for just wisdom and discernment and guidance. There is so much like just in your face need in Haiti that it's really easy to like get like bogged down yeah. by them and get distracted by them almost in a way. Um, and so it's just a wristwatch company, you know, <laughs> um, yeah. So just, you know, prayer, you know, for obviously the new baby coming and yeah. just decisions on when to move, um, and, and just clarity. And so, um, yeah, a lot of prayer, <laughs> obviously we don't, yeah. we don't want to do anything on our own strength because, uh, it's a proven fact that, uh, I will fail <laughs> Yeah, things <laughs> on my go, own. Things go bad. Yeah. Things go really bad. Um, so just a lot of prayer for guidance and wisdom. Um, and like I said, we're working on getting the website up and going. Uh, I, I'm still one of those weirdos that uses Yahoo, uh, Ooh, email. Yeah. yeah. And it's I mean, okay, we'll forgive you. There's grace. Yeah. I mean, I'll, if you want to email me, it's, this is gonna, this, I've had this email since I was literally, you know, a teenager. It's KDL underscore 89 at yahoo.com there you go so and, and there'll be there'll be links to uh that email address um at the at the bottom of the, in the description of the podcast yeah just for <clears throat> those who are um in need of that so but yeah i mean not really that's you know if, if if there are people who are interested in investing in haiti um and who are interested in you know asking more questions and thinking about what that might look like, um, giving some opportunities for, you know, economical growth and development down there and, um, being facilitators of that, you know, shoot me an email, uh, reach out and I can, uh, give you a little more info on that. Perfect. Well, this has been the Glass City Church podcast. Thank you so much, Daniel, for, for uh, being you. willing to talk about what the Lord's doing and, um, thank you all for listening. Uh, please subscribe to us on iTunes. Uh, like us on, on, on Facebook and, and uh, follow us on Instagram. We're putting out content all over the place, um, left and right. Uh, all the cool kids are following us, right, Daniel? Well, I am, so yes. There you go. There you have it from the <laughs> from the source, right? So uh, follow us on those platforms, and uh, we will uh, hopefully... Uh, hear from you or see you uh, next time. Yeah. You've been listening to the Glass City Church Podcast. For more content or more information about Glass City Church, visit our website at www.glasscitychurch.org.